Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Toronto Real Estate Show with Janelle and Leslie. I'm Janelle Cameron. Hi there, I'm Leslie Pearson. Today, we're going to give you the real estate lessons we've learned after helping hundreds of clients buy and sell a home in the GTA. Let's get at it. Welcome to the Toronto Real Estate Show with the Janelle Cameron team, the podcast that helps make your real estate dreams a reality. The Janelle Cameron team is your expert source for all things real estate in the greater Toronto area. Whether you're considering a renovation to improve your return on investment, looking at homes for the very first time, or even considering becoming an agent yourself, we've got you covered. Hey everybody, how you doing? Hope you had a great week. Welcome back. Uh, And how are you, Leslie? I'm good. Um, I've got nothing to say about that. I'm good. How about you? Yeah, good. Good. Yeah, we marked still quiet. It's a little quieter. Yeah. It's a little quieter. Yeah, I think it's yeah. just kind of what typically happens in June, maybe. Yeah. I mean, that people think, you know, I mean, it's spring, but the spring market starts in winter. Mm-hmm. And so now it's kind of the tail end of it. And, uh, you know, I think people are still talking a lot about real estate. I don't think anybody in the world talks about real estate as much as Agreed. Canadians, if not Ontarians and Torontonians specifically. Um, so they're talking a lot about it, but anybody, you know, more and more people who I think might be uh, looking to make a move of some sort in 2021 are, are now kind of planning for the fall is what I find. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And kind of our advice as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Well, we thought we'd have a kind of a fun topic today. You know, Leslie and I have been doing this a long time. And we have helped, I don't even know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people over the years buy and sell in the GTA. And so we thought we would share with you guys the top lessons that we've learned after helping all of these people buy and sell over the years. Mm-hmm. And it's been a learning experience. Mm-hmm. That's one thing that I love about what we do is because there's always learning. And always so we learning. can be, well, we can do this again in six months and have some new insights or That's lessons right. we've learned. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but there are some, you know, tried and true lessons we've learned, some things that we've gone through with our clients that um, are true throughout time. And mm-hmm. no matter when somebody was buying or selling, some truisms right. uh, to remember as you're uh, approaching a move. You know what we should do sometime? We should do one uh, a, a podcast about all the mistakes we've made as realtors mm-hmm. over time. That's, That's a good interesting. Idea. Or yeah. like things that we've learned that have yep. been mistakes for us, Yep. you know, that have, yeah, yeah. N- not nothing major, obviously, but... No, things we would, in hindsight, do differently. Yeah. yeah. Or things that experience taught us. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Let's mark that down. Let's mark that down. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So uh, here's a few things. So I thought maybe we'll start with the most obvious first, which we talk about all the time, so we're not going to belabor it here, but know your budget. Yeah. I mean, the first thing you have to do out of the gate is contact your lender, be that directly with a bank or mortgage broker. We have lots of people who can help our clients. But you want to know your potential. And because otherwise, you're just wasting your time and you're not going to be successful. I mean, why... You wouldn't buy anything else without knowing that you could buy it. No. Or, you know, what the um, conditions were on you buying it. So right at the outset, get yourself organized financially so that we then now have a clear picture of what you can um, afford, your budget, and where that means we're going to look and what we're going to look for. Otherwise, you're spinning your wheels and you're looking in neighborhoods that may not even apply to you. That's right. And so what's the advantage of that? Yeah, and I find you never have... What you think you can get 
So you're always, you're going to go to the to the lender and they're either going to give you way more than you thought you were going to get or they're going to give you way less and it's never right on. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think it can afford a million. But meanwhile, it's like, no, try 550. Yeah. So that always happens. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, and you just waste everyone's time, including your own, and it gets very frustrating. So you have to really know what you can afford. Yeah, I mean, it. House hunting, buying can be a frustrating experience. So you want to do what you can to nip any of these buds right at the outset. Yeah. And, and money is, is a key one. Yeah. yeah. So that's, that's definitely a learning. The, um, you know, the buyers who don't do that at the outset uh, end up taking longer to buy and being very frustrated and dissatisfied with what ends up happening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, next one. This is a favorite of mine. Uh, so for those people... This might apply to pay attention. Don't make it personal. This is the biggest real estate lesson probably that I've learned. Yes. What do you mean by that? So people who negotiate with uh, and take it personally, if Mm -hmm. they're the seller and they are personally offended by an offer or they are the buyer and they are personally um, feel as though the property is not worth that money and how could the person reject our feelings and all of a sudden it goes from a business transaction to a personal transaction and 100% of the time that's going to bite you in the ass. Mm -hmm. You have to put your emotions aside and treat this like a business deal. Mm -hmm. Always. Yeah, it's about the numbers. Look at the stats. There's value and there's assessment and uh, yeah. remove the personal from it. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, I've been in situations yeah. where, I you agree. know, buyers, for example, they would be, uh, let's say, you know, we're negotiating and, and my buyers are offering 880 and you want 920 and my guys come up to 890 and your guys only come down to, you know, 915 and all of a sudden my buyers are outraged. Yeah. I can't believe we've gone up $20,000 and you've only come down 5,000. Forget it. I'm Wasted not outrage. doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, well, okay, then don't. Then don't. Then you're not buying this place. Don't. <laughs> but yeah. like, it's not personal. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Or like, you know, you, I get these comments all the time. I can't believe those people have the nerve to offer me that price. Well, wouldn't you do the same? Yeah. It's right. not personal. Mm-hmm. They don't think it's not worth it. They're trying to save money. Mm-hmm. I don't understand that that approach, but anyway, that that will never serve you. Yeah. Well, no matter what side you're on. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Here's another one, okay, that's uh, boggles my mind. Um, you know when you buy a house, it's not permanent. You don't yeah. have to live there for the rest of your life. You are not now making the only investment you're ever going to make. And this feeling causes so much of what I call um I can't remember what I call it, but I say it every day many times. Paralysis <laughs> by analysis yes. of analysis. Yeah. Yes. So, you know, analyzing so much, it's maybe HGTV has contributed mm-hmm. to it. So you have unrealistic expectations and you, it you know, prevents you from making a move when you should make a move. And you're thinking so long term, so rigidly about what might you might use the property for and how long you might live there. Mm-hmm. I think you have to give those things a little bit of thought. And I certainly wouldn't want most of my clients to be, you know, selling something in a year. Mm-hmm. But, but you're right. The focus on the forever home has the tendency to leave people out of the market. And why would you take that approach, right? I mean, why is it that you feel like you don't... I mean, I understand moving is a bit of a pain. I get that. But why do you think that this... I mean, you, let's say, for example, you know, you have a young couple. They've just gotten married. They're buying a home. And it's like they want 
four bedrooms and right. three bathrooms and the pool and the double car garage. It's like, but it's just the two of you. Right. Well, we're going to have kids one day. Yeah, but you don't have them yet. Yeah. <laughs> like, everybody calm down. You've got lots of time. You know, your buying window for homes is, is going to, it's going to be years. I guess people find it a pain in the neck. I guess they find it, think that it's expensive to, to it move frequently. or. But, but I also think this is how you make money in real estate a lot of times, right? If you can buy something, especially if you can't afford to buy it. Okay, so let me just digress. Because I think that's where the problem comes in, is that they are waiting to get the four-bedroom, four-bathroom, They want, the, they want to garage. start out with the perfect house. Exactly. And, and I, why, I don't know why that has happened, and it seems to be a younger generation thing, yes, do you think? yeah. It's they're starting out, you know, where we were on our third or fourth house. Yes. And generations before us, yeah. the same thing. Yeah. And I would rather you buy and get in now and buy something, no matter what it is, and trade up over time than just buy, you know, wait and wait and wait and wait for the house that yeah. you're hoping to get. It, it might be related to the, a similar sentiment that we see often, which is that, you know, what's going to happen with the market and some unrealistic expectation that that four-bedroom, five-bathroom house with a pool is actually going to be in their budget in six months. That's so right. they should keep, <laughs> keep driving them around to see right. it, but it's not. It's not. Mm-hmm. And that brings us to the next and important um, learning that we've had for everybody over the years has been don't try to time the market. Oh, you can't. Yeah. Yeah. And... Um, you know, the media is always going to be putting out that headline that is going to, you know, get them the attention, get them the reads. And, um, you know, saying stable growth and um, equity uh, is not going to sell. Yes. Uh, and so kind of listen to your knowledgeable real estate agent and far- follow the numbers. Look at the market stats and the trends, which is what we believe in so heavily. And... Um, and and if you have a need for property, buy. Mm-hmm. Don't time think on some unrealistic sentiment of when is a good time to buy. Because I mean, you'll only you'll only know the the market hit the bottom when it's on the way up. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I just I wish people would stop you know listening to the media and just mm-hmm. just follow logic. I yeah. guess would be my my wish for them. Um, Don't you have, I know so many people who did that and they're now priced out of buying in Toronto. Oh, over the years. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I can think of so many people who, Mm -hmm. well, I have clients, this is an interesting story. Just as an example, about two and a half years ago, we started looking for a detached new build Mm -hmm. in South Etobicoke. And at that time they had about um, I think they didn't want to spend more than about 1.1. And they, there were some out there, but they kind of put it off and decided not to do anything. Now, their, their budget didn't go up that much no. over two years. Right. And but, now mm-hmm. they ended up with a townhouse mm-hmm. in Mississauga mm-hmm. because that's all they could afford for one, which was now 1.2. Mm-hmm. So the places that were 1.1, 1.2 two years ago are now 1.8. Mm-hmm. And that's how it is. Mm-hmm. And and if anyone thinks those prices are going to go down again to 1.2, they're, they're not. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. But then even that person that's buying that at 1.8 is making a smart move because it's going to be 2.2 in a year. And it will. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, I think that's, I think that's really hard to get across to people. I mean, I I work with, as you do, a lot of very intelligent, educated 
people who really think they understand economics and they still feel like the market's going to crash. And Mm -hmm. so there's nothing we can do to change that opinion, but don't try to time the market. If you need a house, Mm -hmm. buy. And Mm -hmm. in fact, buy as soon as you can. Um, Okay. Uh, This is a good one too. This especially applies to Toronto. It's better to be the worst house on the street than the best house on the street. So better to be the worst ha- the worst house on a good street than the best house on a bad street. 100%. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's that's following the popular phrase like location location location. Yeah. You buy in a great location and if it isn't, you know, a perfect house, you're still you're buying the location mm-hmm. and that's going to pay off mm-hmm. and you can work on a house. That's right. Mm-hmm. I have uh, many times bought the better house on a bad street. Mm-hmm. I have too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, it's largely because that's where I've been able to, what I've been able to afford. Um, and it, and over time, even the house I'm currently in, I can see the difference between where the rate know, of growth, the rate of growth yeah. is just not the same. Yeah. And mm-hmm. although it serves my purposes, you know, it's it's I would have done better mm-hmm. uh, buying a worse house on a better street. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I learned that the hard way as well. Yeah, but mm-hmm. I still do it. I don't mm-hmm. know. <laughs> That's another story. Don't be like mm-hmm. me. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so kind of similar to that, I just want to say that it's better to buy something smaller in a location or neighborhood specific than buy something larger outside of the community. So let me give a more clear example. You want, you have a million dollars and your options are, I can buy a big house in Oshawa, but I don't really want to live there because I work downtown. Or I can buy like maybe, let's say 700,000, that's not too much. Or I can buy like a small condo in the city which is way too small, but it's downtown. And I would say, from my perspective, if you are, depending on your stage of life, but I think it's better to buy something in the neighborhood you want if it's smaller. I agree. So, again, location, location, location. Yeah, for you, location for you. Yeah, right. So, yeah, like for, you know, because, again, I've made that mistake too, Mm -hmm. where I think that, um, you know, I wanted to be, in one location in the city, but I couldn't afford it. So I moved out mm-hmm. of that location to a bigger, better house. And that's never really going to serve you, I don't think. Because for, for your own personal happiness, that's just my own opinion. So that's what's fueling the Durham real estate market now, isn't it? I think there's a lot of that. Yeah. yeah I think there's... For affordability. Yeah. and uh, But also, I think uh, a lot of move up in terms of size. So leaving... You know, the smaller mm-hmm. downtown life mm-hmm. housing for larger. and Because this is the time to do it. Yeah. yeah. And I, wonder- I think if you're at that stage, too, like everybody. Mm-hmm. So I bought my first house. I could have maybe afforded like a smaller townhouse or condo or something in the city. And instead, I bought a big, huge home in Ajax. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have kids or anything. It was mm-hmm. just just my my uh, ex husband and I, and uh, it seemed like a really good idea to do that. Mm-hmm. And then we got out there, and it was sort of like, wait a second, what are we doing here? What are we doing here? You know, mm-hmm. we're we're I think I was twenty six years old or something. I wonder what what is going to happen with all these people 
buying in Durham for the first time, if they're going right. to experience that in two years. But I, I think know. now there's been more, like there's so many people moving out there now. And those it's areas different. are, they're, they're gentrifying they're, and they're businesses becoming are trendy. popping up. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. that's true. Um, whereas when we were right. there, it was sort of like, yeah. you know, cause rural. It, and, and that's how I was raised. Mm-hmm. You know, my, I'm, and I remember my family saying to me, like for, our house was, I remember it was 280000 For $280,000, like why would you live here when you could buy this big three-bedroom, 3,000-square-foot home. Well, how ridiculous. But I was like, you're right. It's such a good deal. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, of course, you know, we took an hour to get to work, mm-hmm. and we just were not, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, no, at not that for stage everybody. of life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, I guess the point being, because that may work for some people, but you just have to really analyze your stage of life. Yeah, that's what I say. I was just thinking that, that that story, that anecdote is related to buy buy for I would say buy for five years yes that's you know what I kind of think and if you don't yet have kids but you're obsessed with the high school there's there's a disconnect there <laughs> right yeah. that's it yeah. yeah that's right buy for now and the next five years yes mm-hmm. yeah nothing is forever your needs will change your interests will change yeah um, and you'll make money yeah so it's okay mm-hmm. yeah that's yeah you're right mm-hmm. you're right I get that all the time people mm-hmm. but yeah we really like this high school it's like but you don't have kids <laughs> Um, okay, so on that note, that kind of segues into our next uh, topic, or is that the fact that in the city, school districts pretty much run the value of property here. Mm-hmm. So keep that in mind. So if you are at the high school age, and we've talked about this before, um, where the school district lines are will directly impact the price of houses. 100%. And I don't think people realize that necessarily. Mm-hmm. And so if you want to go to such and such a high school and it's a it's a public school and you have to be in district, you're probably going to pay more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, which mm-hmm. is kind of odd to think about. The second thing, of course, that runs the city is uh, the proximity to the subway. Not TTC, but subway. Yeah, that's right. To be within walking distance of subway is mm-hmm. a huge factor in yeah. value. Mm-hmm. And if you're in a good school district and walkable to the subway, yeah. you're in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> you got to pay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but there, haven't you had people who, uh, you know, have had a house just like um, half a block over from where that district line yeah. is? And it's it's a different game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in Toronto, that half a block over mm-hmm. probably puts you in a, some crappy school district. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You've gone from the best mm-hmm. to the worst. Yeah. And you're a few houses yeah. over. Yeah. Which is very frustrating. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and if you are somebody who has kids and you're planning on putting them in the public school system, it's really important that you get a good school. It is. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure I'd pay $3 million more for a house than another, but it's something to think about. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. Um, okay, the other one uh, about that is we talked about briefly, location, location, location. Mm-hmm. You hear it all the time, no matter what. It's absolutely critical that location is um, is desirable when you're thinking about resale. Right, so we're talking about maybe uh, an internal street over one of the main exactly. um, you know, streets in the neighborhood. Uh, we're even talking about some things culturally. For example, I'm at the top of a T. Sometimes some cultures won't buy a house at the top of a T. Right. So maybe maybe you think about that. Right. But maybe you don't. That's right. Um, you know, if you can walk to the subway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Location, yeah. location, location over house, house, house. Yeah. It's not house, house, house. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 
And another uh, point about that, which kind of brings me to my next uh, mm-hmm. lesson, is that you want to always be thinking about resale. Yep. So you know how you really want a large master bedroom, so you're going to take out that wall and make the <laughs> make the third, you know, the second and third bedroom into one big bedroom. Don't do it. Uh, resale is crucial when you are thinking about the future of this house. Mm-hmm. You know, you do not want to be converting rooms that you like, but other people won't like. As long as, I mean, if they're, I, I don't oppose some renovations that are easily put back. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. yeah. You I, know, to put a wall up can be an easy thing. Yeah. But it isn't always. So, um, no. yeah, no, I agree. But, you know, you do see some people taking out a, a tub, for example. And so yes. now the house doesn't have a bathtub. Yeah. That's a problem. That's a problem. Unless, though, I don't know if it's not that much of a problem if the space you had for the tub is now one massive shower. People kind of get. But you've eliminated yeah. all families. Yeah, young families from that right. property. But you, we can talk people into how easy that would be to put Convert back to back. a hotel. Yeah. But a lot of people don't want to renovate, and I think mm-hmm. it's a mistake to do those things. And yeah. I think the one I see most of all is, is removing the bedroom, yeah, yeah. The bedroom yeah. thing. Um, or, you know, weird stuff like people putting, um, you know, a putting green in the backyard or something and taking out all the, all the yard, you know, and then the people that know <laughs> very few people would find that attractive right um i saw a condo this morning which was uh used to be a two bedroom plus den and is now one bedroom plus den and uh it can't really be put back it would just be too much work well oh, so that has a huge implication on value huge implication mm-hmm. on value narrows the market yeah substantially so i mean in case this isn't obvious to everyone and we'll use a condo for an example but if you have a 1500 square foot condo that's one bedroom and a 1,500-square-foot condo that's two-bedroom, they are not going to sell for the same price per square foot. Right. And people don't understand that. They think it's price per square foot right. no matter what, and it's not. Right. The more bedrooms you have, the more uh, value the property has, always. Right. Because the more people, that ha- that would appeal to. Right. And yeah. it doesn't matter the size. If you have a small right. little house yeah. with four bedrooms, it's worth more than that exact right. same small little house with two right. bedrooms. Right. 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 Property mm-hmm. size is the same. Street's the same. Mm-hmm. Everything's the same. The one with more bedrooms will sell for higher. Mm-hmm. Always. Mm-hmm. Um, and on that note, next lesson, if you can, and I know this is hard, and my number one rule is buy something. But the next rule would be, if you have to buy something, try to buy something with parking. Because not having parking is is a, is a tough resale. Yeah. There are a few neighborhoods where it's the norm not to have, mm-hmm. but um, it, you know if you have, you're the you're gold. Well, that's what I mean. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if you can, and not mm-hmm. everybody can, but mm-hmm. if you can, try to get parking. And if you're in a condo, you really, mm-hmm. really need to try to get parking. Mm-hmm. And back to our previous point, if you live in a house and you want to take out the parking space or the garage so you can build your art studio, don't do that either. Parking is premium here. Because I think once you demolish a garage, can you get one again? No, you no, can't. I think there are restrictions. So. And parking is really, really important. Everybody wants parking, and parking will always, uh, you know, command more value than anything else. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, don't eliminate any parking spots. But like I said, if you can buy one, mm-hmm. you know, especially a condo, I would hold out. Mm-hmm. And wait for parking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because yep. if you have to rent a spot or it just gets too complicated and people just, and it's really from a resale perspective, you know, right. people just won't even look at places that don't have any parking, especially a condo. Right. 
Okay. Um, speaking of condos, uh, next important one to me is that the view is everything. Mm-hmm. So again, this is very similar to the housing conversation we've had, but you're better off buying a smaller unit with a better view than a larger unit without a view. Mm-hmm. View is so important. Right. Which is why you, you often find, or you typically find, don't you, Janelle, that, um, Value goes up the higher in the condo building you That's are. That's right. And it's related to that view. It is, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. And even though it may not be like a perfectly clear no, view. No, it doesn't matter. It's just a mm-hmm. view because, um, you know, sometimes I'll see, you know, obviously you see a lot of units that overlook the gardener, for example. Yeah. And if it overlooks the gardener and it's on f- the fourth floor, right. that's terrible. Right. If it's on the 40th floor, no one cares. Right. So, you know, it's... Because it, what you're seeing is the lake. You're seeing mm-hmm. a whole bunch of different yeah. things mm-hmm. and greenery and yeah. that kind of stuff. I agree. Um, and mm-hmm. really try to avoid having a unit that overlooks the garbage because that's... I've I had to sell a few of those in my time and those yeah. are... Yeah, that, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> it's like no showings on garbage day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, <laughs> it's terrible. Yeah. So yeah, always that's think true. about the view. It's... You know, a lot of times I'll go in units with clients and they say, oh, I love this unit. Yeah, the view's not great, but I really love the unit. Um, and, it, again, it comes down to resale. You know, I, I would discourage that all day long. Yeah, yeah. You know, you've got to have. I agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you're not judging what the view uh, is, just no. that it has one. Yeah, it has mm-hmm. one. It's mm-hmm. it's not, yeah. Yeah, because it's not the garbage or the parking garage. Not, yeah. yeah. Or... You know, someone's window looking right back at you. Mm Oh, yeah. And there's a lot of that, right? Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. sometimes if the buildings are designed well, then they might be looking at a building, but they're angled slightly Mm -hmm. so that you're not looking Mm -hmm. right at each other. But, Mm -hmm. you know, nobody needs to see Fred out there in his underwear barbecuing Mm -hmm. at (laughs) night. Um, (laughs) Don't eat it. Um, Okay, so uh, the next one we've learned is... um, and this is really important to me because, you know, I, I, I'm sure you've experienced this too, but like you we have high-end clients, you have low-end clients, and I mean in terms of money. Um, and it doesn't matter how much money you have, everything is still a compromise. You right. know, you're it's, never going to get exactly what you want. It's rare to find something that yeah. has every little thing that you're looking for. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, and that's, that's been, true. No matter what your budget is, no you're right. No matter what your budget. Mm-hmm. And that's been an interesting lesson for me is that, um, you know, this year I've I've worked with some some clients that have had a lot, a big budget. And even at the very, very high end, it's still an effort to mm-hmm. get all the things that you would like to have in a place. And so, um, you know, compromise is the name of the game. Right. In and, real estate, And, and find a place where you can compromise on the things that are inconsequential or not as important yeah. to you or not as lasting or that you can work on or, right. you know, that's why... You know, disregarding the decor and the paint colors is important. Exactly. That's Mm -hmm. right. Mm -hmm. Um, Because the other thing is, you know, again, back to what we were saying before, is that maybe you didn't get the third bedroom this time or maybe you didn't get the fireplace, but there's always a next time. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean you have to live there forever and, you, you know, you've got the key components. So I always think... The best thing to do in all aspects of, of life when you're making a decision is write down the key important things that you must have and then make a list of the things that would be nice to have but you really don't need. And I think when you really take a hard look at that, you're going to see that 
you know, the fireplace is not a need to have. You right. know, that's a nice to have. Right. Or, you know, perhaps a room for your pool table. Well, it's not really a need to have, right? So once you start really eliminating that list, you can kind of, you know, focus on the really core things that are important to you. And then anything else that you can get on top of that is gravy. Mm-hmm, I agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the last one I had, uh, which I think is, is another good one, is that try to see past either the staging, good or bad, paint color, good or bad, kitchen, good or bad, and just look at the structure of the place and figure out is all of that going to work for me. Right, because everything else is flexible and changeable. Yeah. Yeah, so you might like a different washer or dryer. Is that going to prevent you from buying your ideal house? Right. Yeah. yeah. So cut the cut the crap out, the stuff that doesn't, you know, isn't fixed or isn't um, structural or, you know, things that can uh, be fixed can, you know, you can get the washer of your dreams. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And on the flip side of that, the amount of times that I fall for it every time too, it's like it's staged beautifully. And I walk in, I'm like, oh my God, I love that couch. Oh, that kitchen is so nice. Oh, look at those bar stools. And then all of a sudden you're, 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 you're in there and you're, you're caught up in it. And then only when you really start to look, you realize, oh, you know what? That living room is really small. I'm not even really sure I'd have room for it. And I'm TV. not buying those bar stools. That's right. But <laughs> you, not get, coming with you it. got caught up in it, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. same thing with paint color, same thing with, you know. Which is why when we work for our sellers, this is why we do it. That's right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And you, so when you, you're a buyer and you say, oh, I don't like the wallpaper or I hate that color paint. Well, you can change that. That's easy. So it, go, it kind of goes both ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I the, agree. The good and the mm-hmm. bad. Mm-hmm. But it is hard, I think, uh, mm-hmm. for us too, mm-hmm. um, because we see so many houses or condos, and ninety percent of them are all the same. Right? Yeah. <laughs> They're exact same decor, same kitchen, yeah. you know, same bathroom. It's they all follow the same trends. So mm-hmm. when you do see something different, you fall right for it. Like, yeah. Look at this! This is fabulous. And meanwhile, like the space itself may not work for your clients, but you're just caught up in the yeah. tile they've done in the kitchen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah, you have to really kind of just see past it for the good or bad. Mm-hmm. I agree. Okay, good. Uh, any other lessons you can think of, or does that about cover it? Do you think? I, I, you know, it, I don't know if it's in this category, but uh, listen to your realist, listen to your counsel, listen to your mortgage broker, listen to your real estate agent. They work in these fields every day, and they're knowledgeable and educated. And uh, you know, when they say, you know. There are 15 offers in this house, and you, you know can't this might be what's going to happen. <laughs> you know, you're going to just increasingly get yourself frustrated and end up, you know, unsuccessful if you don't listen to the experts yep. you've chosen to work with. Yeah, mm-hmm. yep. And I find that um, the most frustrating thing I think a, a realtor can hear is, "Well, you never know." Right, because. Because we, we do Because we do know. <laughs> yeah. So if you're one of those people that are thinking, well, you know, they might be wrong. Maybe worth know. a try. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, mm-hmm. not so much. <laughs> yeah. That's a really excellent point. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. That's, it. that's the only other thing I wanted to say. Yeah. yeah. Good. Okay. Well, hopefully uh, some of our years of wisdom and all the hundreds of deals we've done have been, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, most lovingly sent on to you <laughs> and, your, <laughs> and your future endeavors in real estate. Yeah. Um, and of course, we're always here if you have questions. We love your feedback. Keep it coming. Thank you so much. Uh, and follow us on all our social media channels as well. And uh, that's at the Janelle Cameron team. And of course, uh, we'll see you or talk to you again next week. And happy real estate. Happy real estate, everyone.
We hope you've enjoyed the Toronto Real Estate Show with the Janelle Cameron team. But more importantly, we hope you feel better informed and enthusiastic about your real estate future. We know buying and selling can be stressful, so let us help. If you're looking for hands-on support in the greater Toronto area, the Janelle Cameron team from Remax Hallmark Realty is ready to assist. Visit JanelleCameron.com. That's J-E-N-E-L-L-E Cameron.com. Or dial 416-486-5588. Join us again next week as we deliver more content to help you reach your real estate dreams.